0: Welcome back to another episode of the Worth Recovery Podcast. My name is Amy. I am your host here. I am a sex addict and I am sober. I have been sober since December 2nd of 2012. And I just realized in listening to that uh, beginning intro again that I need to update the kind of the language a little bit because we don't just talk about any type of addiction on this show, though we are. I'm more than happy to talk about any type of addiction. We kind of specialize in talking about sex addiction and maybe behavioral addictions and how those impact women and how um, the women need to support each other and help each other in order to recover and the resources that we need, especially as women in sex addiction, to be able to really move forward and kind of change our lives. And so... I'm going to update that because that is what I talk about and that is what I want to talk about. And I am excited to talk to you about that today, especially today. So I want to talk today about what I'm calling the um, connection crisis. The crisis that we have going on right now in the world around connection And I'm not going to get political and talk about a lot of the different things going on and a lot of the different issues going on. But I just want to talk about how they are impacting so many of the people that I know and so many of my friends and family members and myself as well. As I was getting ready and kind of writing this episode and, and really thinking about this, what prompted, I should say, I should start back a little bit, what prompted This episode was an exchange that I had uh, with a friend just a little bit ago. Uh, This is a friend that I've known in recovery for several years, and randomly she called me up. She's been sober several years as well, and randomly she called me up and said, You know, I, I haven't really thought about acting out for a long time, like a really long time, but... I sit alone all day long and where she lives, the restrictions and quarantine is pretty severe. She's like, I haven't physically touched another person for almost eight weeks. And, that really affected me and impacted me because I I am the same way. Like, I live alone. Fortunately, I have some family close, and I do get to interact physically with them and and hold and hug and, and touch my, you know, nephews and nieces and things like that. And But this woman that I know doesn't have family around and doesn't have that opportunity. And she was just talking about how, you know, she's like, all of a sudden one night I was thinking about, well, I could probably find someone to act out with, and then at least I could experience some physical touch. And it made me think and really contemplate how this is impacting so many people and this crisis that we're having around connection. I think this crisis started a long time ago. I believe that this crisis has been going on for a very long time, I would even say decades, but we're seeing kind of this um, bubbling over of some of the symptoms of a crisis like this when we go into a quarantine or when we experience the polarizing uh, topics that have been so forefront in our culture, in the world, and what's going on. So I, I always like to, when I'm thinking about a topic, I always like to start with, you know, what does that really mean? What's the dictionary definition of connection? So I got online, dictionary.com, and uh, the definition of connection is a relationship in which a person is linked or associated with another. That was kind of the main definition. So a connection happens when someone, a relationship is formed where I'm linked or associated with another person. And then the second definition, which I just think is kind of hilarious, is a supplier of narcotics. (laughs) So... Um, that's not the type of connection that we are, are going to talk about today. Uh, we do have a crisis in that type of connection to a supplier of narcotics, but we're not going to go into that today. Uh, we're just going to talk about how I authentically connect with another person and, and what that is about. I learned early on in my own recovery journey that I definitely had a connection problem. I could be in a room surrounded by people and not feel connected to any of them. I could have people tell me over and over again that they loved me, that they appreciated me, that they thought I was awesome and valuable, and yet I would distance myself. I wouldn't connect with that person because of how they viewed me. I would actually distance myself from that. and I just kind of learned early on that I definitely had a problem with connection. I, and then also right now I live alone, right? And we can't hug friends or people. And it's just weird in our society. We don't even like bump into people. We make sure that we keep our distance and we don't at all interact with people in a physical way. Not that you need to physically interact with someone for connection, but there is a piece of connection that is being close to someone, and physically, there's a physical presence part of connecting um, and being close to someone that is also important. But we definitely live in a world that is in desperate need of connection um, with our virus going on, with coronavirus going on, with quarantine, with div- divisions and divisiveness going on, with the tensions, the lockdown, if you want to call it, the different riots, the protesting, the masks. Everyone just seems to be super on edge. I know um, I was at the store the other day, I saw someone at the store that I knew and I just instinctively like walked up and like went to touch them on the arm and they like, they bristled. Right. And I was like, oh yeah, sorry. I'm so sorry. Like I, I know I can't, can't touch you. And, and that feeling of, it's, I know it's not a rejection, but it can feel like that in the moment. And it can definitely trigger some of that or activate some of that trauma. If you've had that around connecting with other people. Early on in my recovery, someone told me that the enemy of connection or the opposite of connection um, is comparison that when I'm comparing myself to someone else, I am definitely not connecting with them. That really resonated with me because growing up and I think through my adolescence and even my adulthood, I spent most I spent most of my life, I don't do that anymore, but I spent most of my life, Kind of care uh, comparing myself to other people. It was like this scale, right? And do I measure up? Um, do I? Am I good enough? Am I pretty enough? That whole you know concept of am I enough? And it was just kind of this scale, and I was constantly comparing myself to the other people around me. Um, and we live in a world right now where there's a lot of comparison: uh, sick versus healthy, high risk versus low risk. Whether you wear a mask or you don't wear a mask, whether you even believe in the virus or don't believe in the virus, black or white, black lives matter, all lives matter. We have this comparison going on all of the time in the world, and I think that also aids to this connection crisis that we have going on where we're not connecting with other people. We're not forming that relationship um, where we associate with someone or we link to another person. We're just comparing ourselves. And Johan Hari has a TED Talk out, and I will put that link in the show notes, uh, that talks about also what he believes the underlying symptom or the underlying cause of addiction is this lack of connection, this lack of community, uh, that all addiction, he believes, is just a symptom of this lack of connection and lack of community. I know that's something I believe is that addiction is just a symptom. It's just a symptom of a deeper problem. If you want to call that connection as he does, if that resonates with you, then yeah, that may be the issue that you're having. It could be a variety of other things, I believe, as well, which do kind of all go back to this idea of how we connect with other people. And where that kind of leaves us is this world that's really in desperate need of connection desperate need of connection. Um, As we have all of these things going on in the world that require us to compare ourselves to others, we typically withdraw. We're told by research now, brain science, uh, neurologists, brain science, and also even Brene Brown tells us that we are hardwired for connection. We're told by brain science that it's connection that allows us to actually grow, that we have an attachment style that needs to be formed as a child in order for us to actually attach to other people and grow. We're learning so much about how connection um, really drives our lives and that it's a requirement. It's a requirement for a healthy, happy life is a community and a connection. So if this is true, If all of this is true and what we need is connection, why do we avoid it so much? And as addicts, why, particularly as addicts, I think we avoid a lot of connection. I believe most of that avoidance is driven by fear. We have this fear of rejection of being seen. Maybe sometimes in our childhood, we may have been rejected. Uh, We may have shame for what we've done. We may feel uh, not good enough. Or we may feel afraid of actually being seen and someone seeing our whole story and that if they saw us or knew our whole story, they would reject us. We have this fear of rejection. And so rather than allow someone to get close enough to us, we just avoid relationships. Or I know I used to call it the reject before being rejected. And when people would get too close to me, I would just reject them rather than go into any kind of actual connection or linking with them because I was afraid that they would reject me. And so it was just safer for me to reject before being rejected. Maybe we have a fear of being hurt. Maybe relationships in the past were the very people or our family or close members, close people to us were the very people that abused us or hurt us physically, emotionally, verbally, sexual abuse. Maybe we've had that history in the past, and so we feel like connection is uh, we have a fear of being hurt if we connect with other people. Maybe we have a fear of being consumed. Sometimes relationships in the past have been overwhelming to us, and connection in the past has caused us to lose who we are. We had to sacrifice who we are to be in connection with other people. And so we have this fear of being consumed. If I get too close to someone... They're going to need too much from me and I'm not going to be able to do that. And so we have this fear. Maybe we have a fear of hurting others. Maybe we haven't done relationships very well in the past. Maybe we've hurt other people and we don't feel very relational. And so we have this fear that we're going to hurt others because we just don't do relationships well. Maybe we have a fear of abandonment or abandoning other people. Um, Maybe others have not been there for us in the past. And so we're afraid that if I get close to someone, they're going to leave me again. And it's similar to being rejected, but it's just this abandonment that gets activated maybe from our childhood. um, And that people haven't been there for us in the past. And so they probably won't be there for us in the future. Or maybe we haven't been there for people in the past. And so we don't trust ourselves to be there for people in the future. And we have this fear of abandonment or abandoning. These are all reasons, very common reasons, I think, in the addiction world, uh, those of us that have lived there, uh, for reasons that we don't connect, reasons that we avoid connection, for this fear of, of being rejected or being hurt or being consumed or hurting others or abandonment. These are all things that, that we maybe have experience with and they cause us to really pause and think before we are willing to get out there and connect with other people. But... And, not but, because I don't like the word but, remember? Because that just negates everything I just said. And the truth is that these things will happen. When we live in connection or relationship with other people, some of this stuff is going to happen. That's very real. And so that fear is, is almost justified. We are going to have those things. And, and just because we live in relationship with other people it's not a guarantee that these things are going aren't going to happen to us. So, if we know these things are going to happen and we already fear them, then why 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 would we take that risk? Why would we connect with other people? Why why would we even try to make that happen? And One of the reasons I, we're going to go into that in a second, but before we get there, I just want to, I just want to kind of make a recognition or a realization that even without these connections, if, if we're not living in connection because of these fears, I think it's important to recognize that without connection, we're still living with all the consequences of these fears, right? So we don't connect because we think we're protecting ourselves from being hurt, Um, And yet we feel hurt because we are lonely and we're not connecting with other people. Maybe we protect ourselves and we don't connect with other people because we're afraid of rejection. But the reality is we are rejecting ourselves by not taking care of ourselves or giving ourselves what we need. We're self-betraying. Maybe we are avoiding connection because we're afraid of abandonment or we're afraid that we're not going to do that relationship well or take care of that person the right way. But the truth is, like, if we don't connect, we're not supporting people. We aren't supporting ourselves either. Like, our needs aren't getting met either. And so while we might look at the lack of connection in our lives as a protection mechanism and a safety blanket there, in our lives, in reality, we're living with these consequences. We're just not getting any of the benefits. So we're living with those consequences, even though we're not actually engaging in the connection. So we get all of the negative piece and none of the positive piece of connection. We might think that we're avoiding those consequences by protecting ourselves, but we're not. We're not. We just sit in loneliness. We sit in um abandonment even we might feel abandoned we sit in hurt we sit in jealousy we sit in all the negative consequences of lack of connection without experiencing any of the positive consequences or the positive results of that so i think that's important to realize is that even though we think we're protecting ourselves And at one point in time, you probably were, and that's why you didn't reach out and didn't connect with other people because you definitely needed that. That served you at some point in time. My question now is, is that serving you now? You're still living with those consequences, and is that what you want to be doing? So why is connection so important then, and how do we start connecting with other people? You all know my love with Brene Brown, right? And uh, how even though she doesn't know me, I definitely consider her one of my mentors. She couldn't pick me up out of a lineup, though. Pick me out of a lineup, and that's totally fine with me. But I love one of—I love all of her books. But this one particular book, she talks about how do we live in connection. She calls this way of living where we live in connection, wholehearted living. So this is a quote from her book, The Gift of Imperfection. And she talks about how living in connection, she calls it wholehearted living. And this is what she has to say. Wholehearted living is about engaging in our lives from a place of worthiness. It means cultivating the courage, compassion, and connection to wake up in the morning and think, no matter what gets done and how much is left undone, I am enough. It's going to bed at night thinking, yes, I am imperfect and vulnerable and sometimes afraid, but that doesn't change the truth that I am also brave and worthy of love and belonging. I love, I love this book, but I love this concept of wholehearted living. She calls it living and loving with your whole heart. And I would add to this quote, you know, no matter how much gets done today, I am enough. Right. Also, I would add, no matter if I acted out today. Um, No matter if I made bad relational decisions in my relationship today, it doesn't mean that I am less worthy. It doesn't mean that I am unworthy. It means that I am still worthy of of love and belonging. I love this part, this like last sentence where it says, "Uh, yes, I am imperfect and vulnerable and sometimes afraid, but that doesn't change the truth that I am also brave and worthy of love and belonging. In order to live in this place of worthiness, we have to develop and practice the skills of courage, compassion, and connection. And she says, I love that she calls it practicing. We have to practice these things. It's not that we become experts at these skills um, or that we just develop them and then it's automatic. It's that we practice. We have to practice courage. We have to practice compassion. We have to practice connection in our lives. I would say it takes, it definitely takes courage and compassion to foster that connection in your life. It takes courage because you have to be brave enough to show up with yourself, your whole self, your whole story and who you are. It takes compassion because you have to be compassionate to yourself when that feels scary. (laughs) Also, you have to be compassionate to others. And you have to be compassionate around knowing that even, you know, how other people respond to you is not about you and that's about them. So you've got to have courage and you've got to have compassion have to practice those things. And through that courage and compassion, we start practicing connection. We start to connect with other people. I know one of the very first things that I had to do in my own recovery was start to connect. And that was difficult. I started with a therapist and connected around my story there. I started going to a recovery meeting where I was able to talk to more people and share my story, my whole story. And then I also had to start connecting with just the people in my life. I had lots of people in my life, but I wasn't actually connecting with them. I remember very early on, um, I, I really wanted to connect with some of these women that I had in my life. And so I decided to, I'm not good at like showing up at things. I have to plan things. It's, I don't know. It's an issue I have. But so I planned a book club. Um, there were several women I knew that were reading lots of things and talking about it. And I said, well, let's like, let's do a book club. And so we did. And I planned the first one. And we were going to, it was in the summer. It was actually, it was like probably almost 10 years ago, maybe this month even. Wow. And it was in the summer and we were reading a book and we were going to show up at the park and I had done all this work. Like I had special treats and I had a special little handout that went along with the book and I, you know, all these things that we think that we do to feel worthy, right? That if I do all these extra little things, I had a gift for them to take home. I had special drinks. I mean, the whole thing. And if I do all of that, then they'll like me and then I'll be able to connect with them. So I remember book club started at 7.30 and 7.30 came and went and 7.35 and 7.40 and 7.45 and no one was there and 7.50 and one person showed up and then 7.55 and eight o'clock another person showed up and I thought but I remember thinking well at that point in time I thought I'm like no one likes me like I'm a total failure. Like no one wants to connect with me. And I remember it was really difficult for me because it was very similar to my 16th birthday party um, where I had scheduled. I had made this big birthday party and my family wasn't really great with money. And so I paid for my own cake and all the uh, decorations and all the food. And I had invited my entire choir at school, which was like 36 people. And some other people from church. And I invited all these people to my party. And I thought, okay, we're going to have this really great party. And had all this food and everything there. And nobody showed up. Nobody came. And until, I don't know, about an hour into it, a few people stopped by and left some flowers. And said, oh, we're going someplace else. But we just wanted to stop by and say hello and give you some flowers. And that was it. And I felt abandoned and I felt rejected and I felt terrible. Well, about 8.15, about 10 women came walking into into our book club and said, oh man, parking was so bad at the park tonight and it's just it's such a nice night and we just couldn't find a place to park and we finally went out and we had to like all park on the street and then we kind of caravanned in and it was just this really difficult thing and we sat and we had this beautiful night and discussion about the book and connected with so many people. And to this day, even this book club meets on a monthly basis. And now they've been doing it online, which is beautiful because I've been able to join them because I don't live there anymore. But it took courage for me to even start that. And as the minutes were ticking away and this activation was going on inside of me of this is my birthday all over again, right? Like that was 16 and here I was 35 thinking like, this is my birthday. I'm going to die. Like nobody loves me. Nobody likes me, you know, them being rejected all over again. So 16 years later, you know, so many years later, I'm feeling that same activation. And it took courage for me to just sit there and wait. It took compassion for me to just keep talking to myself like, it's going to be okay. This isn't about you. I know this isn't about you. They all said they would be here. It's going to be okay. And then I had this beautiful, wonderful experience that led to this really great, great connection with so many amazing, wonderful women that I've learned so much from over the last 10 years that have become a really important part of my life. But that's what it takes to be able to learn the art of connection, talk yourself through that, to be courage, to be compassionate, to be courageous, to be compassionate and to connect with other people. So my question for you today is while all of this chaos is going on in the world, what are you doing to connect? What are you doing to practice connection, to practice courage, to practice compassion, to practice connection? How are you doing that in your life? And if you're not, or if that's something you need to work on, I want to give you three opportunities uh, for you to engage with Worth Recovery in a way that might help you to foster those connections, that courage and that compassion and those connections in your life. The first is I'm gonna double down on our women's stories series. And I'm so excited about this. It's my goal from now, which is the kind of the middle end of June to the end of the year of 2020. 2020, to share as many women's stories as I possibly can. My goal is 18. It's basically three a month between now and the end of the year. I currently have six recorded, so I just need 12 more. If connecting and pa- practicing courage and practicing compassion towards yourself and connecting with other people, if you would like to share your story on the Worth Recovery Podcast, I would be honored to be able to share that story with so many women who are out in the world. One of the things that keeps us isolated as women in sex addiction is just the lack of resources and the lack of information and the lack of places where we can hear, where we can really hear women's voices and women's stories. There's a lot of information out there for men, and that's great, and they need that. But we also need that type of thing and that type of resource, and I want to be able to provide that. So if that is something that you would like to do, then I would love to be an honored, be honored, and love to share those stories with you. We're going to hear one later this week, uh, and I've got, like I said, I've got five more recorded after that one. So I'm excited to be able to share these stories with you and bring them and curate them. We've got a special page on the website where we're curating these stories and where we're going to really be able to provide a place for women to connect and to hear the other voices of women who are on the same recovery journey. It might look a little different, but we're all on that recovery journey together and I'm excited to be able to do that. So that's your first opportunity to practice courage and compassion and connection. The second is the worth circle. So we've started this Facebook group. It's called the Worth Circle. And it's an opportunity for you to connect with other women around the world and to hear about their recovery journeys and, and build a support network where you can talk to other people, uh, be able to share your experiences and not just around recovery, even life in general. Every week we have a focus topic that you can engage in or not, depending upon what, what, what works for you but really have an opportunity to talk to other women who are walking a similar journey and be able to talk about the struggles that you have and be able to connect with them. It takes courage to get on there and share your life and to be brave and to introduce yourself even, and to, to practice compassion towards yourself and towards other people. But it's a great opportunity for you to really learn about that and to have an opportunity to share and talk with others. So the Worth Circle, there's a a link on the webpage, worthrecovery.com, but I'll also put a link in the show notes, but I would love to be able to interact with you there as well. And the third way, if you want to practice some courage and compassion and you're ready to take that to the next step, is to engage in recovery coaching with me. I've got so many women throughout the world that I work with on a weekly or semi-weekly basis where we really work to focus on connecting with other people and moving their lives forward in a way that is relational and a way that is working for them. And I'm so excited about the progress that they're making, not only in their sobriety, but in their recovery and just in their life. So if you're ready to take that to the next level, I would love to engage with you around recovery coaching and really talk about how you can move yourself to that next level. There's different types of packages available, different lengths of time that you can engage with me, but I would love to be able to work with you and hear from you. There's a, again, a link in the show notes, but at worthrecovery.com, you can go to the coaching menu at the top and be able to uh, schedule a time with me where we could talk about what coaching might look like for you. And I would love to just even connect and talk with you. And our last opportunity for connection is um, in April. In April, I opened my schedule more to be able to connect with many of you, as you know, and as I opened my exper- my, our podcast today is there's a lot of people out there who are very isolated because of what's going on in the world right now. If you just need to connect with someone, if you just need to talk for a few minutes, no pressure from me on anything, but you just want to talk. You just want to share what's going on in your life. Get online. My schedule is open. There are lots of opportunities for you to be able to just schedule 30 minutes with me and connect around whatever is going on in your life. So again, it's the same place. It's the recovery coaching web uh, webpage, But just schedule a time if you just want to talk and connect. And we can talk about whatever is going on, whatever feels important or present for you. If you've done that before and you still want to talk again, awesome. Schedule another time. I, I have that time available and open because I want to connect with more of you. So get online and, and look that up if that is something that is important to you. So again, there's four ways that you can connect with other women throughout the world around recovery. And the first is the Women's Story series that's coming up. If that's something that you're interested in and you want to share your story, just email me, amy at worthrecovery.com, A-M-Y. I'd love to hear from you. Join us at the Worth Circle, uh, worthrecovery.com backslash worth circle, and you can get all the information there and get registered and signed up. I'd love to see you there. Recovery coaching. If you are ready to take that next leap or step in your recovery journey, if that means practicing dating, if that means being courageous about what your next boundaries need to be, whatever it is, I'd love to talk with you about what that could look like. And you can also just call and schedule a time with me to talk and just connect around whatever is going on for you in your life. Connection is important. Connection is so important. It's one of the most important things in our world. At the end of the day, at the end of your life, what's going to be one of the most important things is the relationships that you have with other people. Uh, We're going to end today with just another quote from Brene Brown. The greatest challenge for most of us in believing that we are worthy of connection is believing that we are worthy now, right this minute. Worthiness doesn't have prerequisites. So many of us have knowingly created, or unknowingly allowed, or been handed down a long list of worthiness prerequisites. I'll be worthy when I lose 20 pounds. I'll be worthy if I can get pregnant. I'll be worthy if I can get or stay sober. I'll be worthy if everyone thinks I'm a good parent. I'll be worthy when I can make a living and selling my art. I'll be worthy if I can hold my marriage together. I'll be worthy when I make partner at the firm. I'll be worthy when my parents finally approve. I'll be worthy if he calls me back and asks me out. I'll be worthy when I can do it all and look like I'm not even trying. But here's what is truly at the heart of wholehearted living – worthy now not if not when we are all worthy of love and belonging now right this minute as is i just want to share that i 100% believe that is true that you are worthy now worthy of connection worthy of love worthy of belonging worthy of the steps that it takes to to get where you want to go in your life no matter what has gone on in your life no matter how far you think you've gone that you are 100% Worthy and worth recovery. I know that. I know that. If you don't, you can trust me until you get there for yourself. But I know that that, that is true. That we are all worthy now. I remember after reading that book, one of the things I did was walk around um, saying to myself as I look to other people, worthy now. That person is worthy right now of love and belonging. That person is worthy right now of love and belonging That person that is scaring me is worthy right now of love and belonging. And it changed my world. Changed my world. Because I can't look at other people and believe that they are worthy of love and belonging without also looking in the mirror and saying, I am worthy of love and belonging. And that is true. That is true of you. That is true of me. That is true of all of us. I hope today that you can find some love and some belonging, some courage and some compassion, and most of all, some connection in your life. I hope that no matter what is going on today, that you can find that connection and that you can start to believe a little bit more in your worthiness. I think about you, I pray for you, and I love you. Until next time, Amy.